Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Well, good morning, church. It is so good for me to be here, and I'm so humbled to be here to share with you a few things about my trip to Cuba. But before we do that, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 28, and we're going to read those famous last verses of Matthew. The Word of God states, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, not because we're just in church and it's the ritual, it's what we're supposed to do. We come before you because you're the one and only true God, the God of all salvation, the God of mercy, the God of grace. And Father, I stand before you a humbled man. Lord God, even humble me more that I'm behind this pulpit that Pastor Jimmy has been called to fill. Lord, who am I that I can even think about breaking open the bread of life and explaining it, and I cannot. It has to be you, and through you, your Holy Spirit. Lord, allow me to decrease and you increase in the ears to hear that are here. Open their hearts. And Holy Spirit, we give your word to you, and we act upon it through obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you first for praying for me on my trip to Cuba. Now, this is going to be a little bit about Cuba, but I want to encourage everyone here today. And you see that it says the sons of the revolution are being saved. And they truly are. But I want this message, if you've got something to take notes on, Also, to be entitled, Simple Evangelism. Simple Evangelism. You see in the picture, the young man that's right next to the old guy on the left, the old guy's me. This man is the son of the top doctor in Cuba. This doctor is... Fidel Castro's personal doctor, he was the doctor of Saddam Hussein and the doctor of Chavez who just passed away in Venezuela. Dictators in communist country come to Cuba because of their more superior hospitalization doctors and medicine. The first night that Jeff Siegel, the president of Global Baseball, he's the guy in the red shirt, we were invited to their mansion. In Cuba, see, it is definitely the haves and the have-nots. If you're part of the government, you got it. If you're not, you don't have it. 
And so we were invited to the mansion of this young man for dinner the very first night there. Antonio Castro, Fidel's son, is saved. And they wanted me to come to meet Fidel, and I did not get to because of Chavez being sick there. But I got to meet a lot of the government people, and a lot of them got saved. This young man and his wife and her mom and dad were saved that night on Friday night, my first night there. They went everywhere we went. And because of email and everything being so looked at by the government, Castro knows what everybody's doing all the time. Emails are scrutinized. Phone calls are scrutinized. I knew that it stuck because I got a Valentine's Day email from this man, this young man, telling him, telling me how much he loves me. Now, you have brochures, our, my newsletter that just came out, and you'll see that the names of these people are just, they had their first initial. We're not going to name all the people. But over a 130 came to Christ while I was there. And it was literally, and we'll get into that a little, a little deeper as we go along. But I want you to come back to how I can encourage you in evangelism. Simple evangelism. I've, I've had something to do and taught evangelism or been in classes of evangelism for over 30 years. I have taught just about every type of evangelism course that you can think of. From EE to the net to name it, I've taught it. And I do know this, one thing that leaders in the church, and it's always this way, the people always go a lot further in expectations than what we leaders even think. We leaders need to tell what we might expect, and you people always exceed that expectation. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit, that's why. We just need to know exactly what to do. So if you're taking notes, there's four topics that I want to talk about. And all, of the, all four of these is... It's simple evangelism, and it's exactly what I did through the Lord's help and His grace and mercy in Cuba. The first one is pray for lost people every day. Do you? That's the key. Pray for lost people every day. And God will answer. He'll answer just like He did Jesus. Jesus died on the cross, and as he was on the cross, one of the thieves said, Jesus, remember me. Right after, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Then the thief on the cross goes, Jesus, remember me when you enter into your paradise. And Jesus replied, today you will be. In paradise. God immediately answered Jesus' prayer. Then the soldier that was at the foot of the cross 
looked at the, Jesus, and when he said it is finished, he goes, certainly, this is the Son of God. God answered Jesus' prayer right then. Then we know what happened in Acts. God wants us to pray for the lost. I was pastor of evangelism at Fort Lauderdale, First Baptist Fort Lauderdale, and this is, I, I just loved it. We would have a list on all, when, when I would teach the classes, and everybody would name two or three people that's in that class that are lost, and we wrote them down, and we prayed for them every day. And it was so much fun. I'd get a call, and they'd go, Pastor Brian, Mark just accepted Christ. It's so much fun taking that pen and marking out the name. Ah, but what's cool is that name that I mark out is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? You need to pray for the lost. Number two is you need to make a new friend every day. Every day. We're going to get to that. Why? In a moment. Number three, you need to witness every day. And number four, simple evangelism. You need to invite somebody to church every day. You're going, oh my goodness, pastor, what's going on? Every day. Was not the cost of Jesus Christ enough for you? It's worth every day. Next slide, please. This man fought side by side with Fidel Castro in the revolution. Now, I'm not going to tell you his position, but he came to Christ. I held a church service. There we don't have church buildings. It's, you have to have homes because Castro will not allow a building to be built that's above him. And I was ministering through communion on that Sunday night. And I asked him to come and take communion. And, of course, he said he would. And he brought his 43-year-old son with him. And his son got saved. See, sons of the revolution, this guy was in the revolution, but sons of the revolution are being saved. The New Testament paints two great stories of how we're to witness. I know evangelism scares people. It scared me when I first got saved, but you know what? I went to my brothers, I went right away to people, and I shared Christ. Connie and I were at a, one of my few vacations because I was, I'm still accused as a workaholic, but Connie and I went to a dude ranch in Arizona on one of our vacations. And we had the Wrangler and we were going to ride horses and all that. And it was real funny. He gave me an advertisement. And this is what a, 
about the dude ranch, but this is what evangelism is like when we first start. It read, for small people, we have small horses. For large people, we have large horses. For fast people, we have fast horses. For slow people, we have slow horses. And for people who have never ridden a horse, we have horses that have never been ridden. (laughs) That's like evangelism to most Christians. Oh my gosh. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn real quickly to Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Pray for the lost, and it simply says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus answered their prayers. Do you pray for the lost? Number two are the two people that are so distraught in the New Testament, and I want you to see what they did when Jesus talked to them. While you're there in the New Testament and in the Gospel, go to Mark chapter 5 and look at verse 18. And I'm going to read verses 18 through 20. I love hearing pages being turned. Don't you, Pastor? Wow, I love that. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all people were amazed. We know the story. This was the, the Jew that had all the pigs and he had, and he was a demoniac. And Jesus took the demons and put them in the pigs and they went off the cliff. Everybody's heard that story, right? Do this. Yes. Now, it's always amazed me why we're, we think about the demoniacs, but here was a Jew that had no business around pigs because that was against the law. That was against the law. And Jesus, all the farmers got mad at him, but what he was doing was ridding a Jew of something he was doing wrong. Then he told that Jewish guy, no, you don't go with me. You go home and tell what I've done for you about my mercy. And he did it immediately. And the people he talked to were amazed. Remember the story about the woman at the well? Jesus initiated this evangelism. This woman was at the well, and in John 4.39, at the end of the story, Jesus had said how many husbands she had had, and that she's she's living with a man that wasn't her husband. And she was just amazed 
how Jesus knew all that. And in the verse, John 4, verse 39, it says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. She went right back to her home. Where were the disciples? They went to the town to get groceries. They came back with the groceries and saw Jesus with the woman. And here's what happened. This one woman brought souls while the disciples brought groceries. She did what those 12 preachers couldn't do or didn't do. When did she learn to witness? As soon as she got saved. When did the demoniac learn to witness? Did he go to some evangelism explosion class on the way home? No. He went and told what Jesus has done for him in his life. Simple evangelism. What did Jesus do in your life? Next slide, please. I'm walking in the streets of Cuba. I wanted to go and, and, and get the feel of neighborhoods, and I had one of the church leaders take me. He was going to be my interpreter. You'll see here, I've got my hand on my hip, There's a lady there. You see kind of three men, one sitting under a tree. There's another man behind me and another man you can't see under the tree. And pastor, this is what I did. I went up and I put my hand on the guy you can't see under the tree. Shoulder and I said, just said this, Jesus Christ... Now, the funny thing about these men, the reason the church leader wanted me to go to this home is because they were alcoholics. And all five of these men were drunk. And I, all I did, he just wants my availability and your availability. All I did was say, Jesus Christ... The guy sitting under the tree you can't see fell down on his face and started weeping. Got up as sober as I am right now and started praising God. He turned to the guy that you see under the tree and he went to him because he was buddy and put his hand. He falls down, face down on the ground, gets up as sober as I am right now. Praising God, and all was said was Jesus Cristo. That's all that was said. Simple evangelism. Now the other three, they ran. They ran. Simple evangelism. God wants... Not your ability. He wants your availability. When God spoke to Moses 
and said, you're going to get my people and get out of Egypt, he had four excuses. Four. And God goes, okay, this is what we'll do. But the fifth one, Moses says, God, find somebody else. You know what the word of God said? And the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. God was okay with all the other excuses and had answers for him. But as soon as Moses said, get somebody else, different story. Everybody hear what I'm saying? I want to encourage you that you already have what it takes because you have the Holy Spirit in your life and that's all you need to tell people about Jesus. Make a new friend. Here's the next thing. Make a new friend. I have known so many Serious, serious, serious Christians. And I'm sure they're, I mean, here, they're serious. I mean, tithing, worshiping, praying, serving. I mean, you're doing whatever you can for the kingdom of God except witnessing. And here's why. You might have shared Christ with a couple of people, maybe a sister, maybe a brother, maybe a mother, maybe a father, maybe a close friend, and they declined. So we come into the church, and you know what? All of our friendships are church people. Don't need to witness there. That's why it's so important you have serious Christians that do the exact same thing. They're good, solid Christians, just like those that don't witness, but they witness. And the reason why is they consistently pray for the lost, and they consistently put themselves in positions to meet new people. Now, I only had two guys in the first service When I said, I like to play golf, how many golfers do I have here? How many do we have here? A little bit better, Pastor. Okay? I play golf once a week by myself. And the reason by myself is because they're not going to let you play by yourself. God's going to give me somebody that I can witness to, and they got to listen to it for three hours or more. (laughs) I'm making new friends. I put myself in a position to make new friends. Next slide. It's like the woman at the well. Next slide. Praise God. Jeff Siegel, the president of Global Baseball, started a couple of years ago with two house churches. Now there's 72. 
Now we have over 1,500 children playing baseball. And let me tell you something. Baseball is king in Cuba. And not just children. Grown men. They play all day. It's great to use their king to show them the king of kings. Okay? It's great. Now see, Cuba, real quick, Cuba... Back in the old days where there was King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella in Spain, they came to Cuba and literally did what Hitler did to the Jews. They annihilated all the natives of Cuba. And what happened was the chief of the Cubans at that time, the natives, he would, they did not kill him. They spared his life and let him live, but in a couple of years, he was dying. And so the priest of the Catholic Church, because Spain was Catholic, came to give him his last rites and, you know, say, hey, we got to make sure you're going to heaven. And the chief said, are the Spaniards going to be in heaven? And the priest said, yes, he says, I don't want to go. I don't want any part of that. Now, that's very important because from that day forward, a very famous story that all Cubans know. Cuba are atheists. They don't believe in God and wouldn't do it because the church killed the Cubans. Now, when Castro took over, he was a general and he took over and 95% of all of Cuba was for Castro. 95%. And only 5% was not for Castro and fought against him. Guess who the 5% was? The Catholic Church. Why? It's atheistic, that country. Because to them, it's just like, unfortunately, Christians are to the Jews. Because, see, Hitler killed the Jews under the church name. Now, there's a lot of Africans that have migrated to Cuba. So the two beliefs is either atheism or African idol. That's it. But these two desperate people in the Bible, the de demoniac and the woman at the well, they started witnessing as soon as they were saved. Simple evangelism. Next slide, please. Some more teaching of the church members, uh, church leaders. The next one, please. I didn't get to meet Castro, but I took a picture at the, at the big baseball stadium in Havana under Castro's uh, portrait and was ostracized and escorted out, out of the stadium by guards. Could not take a picture, wasn't supposed to. But they didn't take the camera, so that was cool. Next slide. I got to, to really over 500 children in three areas while I was there. I got, uh, it, was, it was really neat to share baseball training and also share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, next. This one's cool. The guy on the left 
is the minister of sport in Cuba. He is now a Christian. The guy on the right, he is the caretaker of the stadium. He didn't want any part of it. But I'm still claiming him because what's the first thing we do if you're taking notes? Praying for the loss. I'm praying for that guy. Now the minister of sport is saved. Next one, please. Two old second basemen. This is one of the greatest second basemen to play in Cuba. And he and I got to meet at a, at a professional game. Um, I'm praying for him. I shared with him. He had some great questions. And uh, he's going to come to Christ. Next slide, please. We pray for the lost. We make new friends. We have an invitation to meet Jesus. Is there another slide? I didn't think so. I want you to picture an old, dilapidated, four-story condo that has bars all on the windows the balconies, the Russians came and they built all of these apartments for the Cubans. I mean, it almost looks like a prison. God doesn't want your ability, He wants your availability. Jeff and I were walking. Literally, people were, were falling down in the street. Men were falling down in the street accepting Jesus, repenting. It was the most phenomenal thing I've I, I'd ever seen the Holy Spirit do. And we had about 30 minutes where we had some free time. And I said, let's go for a walk. And we went down to the ocean, which was only about five blocks away. And we started walking, and then we sat, and we talked. And then we got up. And now we had gone so far down that we're a pretty good way from where we were staying. We turned, and there's these men and teenagers playing baseball out in front of these Russian-built housing. And a a guy about 30 swings the bat, hits it over the road, and into the sea grapes by the ocean, ball's gone. Now, the average salary is $12 a month. Your best professional players over there, your best, makes $40 a month. So I turn to Jeff and I go, Jeff, let's hurry back and get some baseballs and bring back to the... He goes, Brian, it's, it's too far away. We're, they'll be gone because they don't have a ball left. I said, I'm telling you, we need to go get some baseballs. We walk two more blocks, take a right. The guy that I told you that fought with Castro... We had bought two new tires for him after he got saved. He is walking trying to find us. And he found us. And I said, you get the new tires? He goes, yes. I said, it's time to try them out. He drove us back. We got the baseballs. Went back to the field. Had the baseballs in my pocket. Brought them around. 
Now, this guy that just got saved is going to be the interpreter. All of them got saved. Had another baptism, had another communion. They all showed up. Do you pray for the lost? Are you looking for new friends that you know are lost? Are you confessing Jesus as Lord? I told the other group, 1 John 1.9, we can all probably quote it. That if you confess your sin, He is faithful to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But here's the key word, confess. Why is it a key word? We're going to confess our sins to Jesus, and He's faithful to forgive us of our sin. But confess in the New Testament is used five more times times than confess sin, it's confess Jesus as Lord. Do you know why? Because if you're continually confessing Jesus as Lord, it's going to be hard to sin. And you're going to be witnessing for Him. So everybody say act. A-C-T, act. Say it again. Act. Listen to me. I'm actively looking for new friends. That's the A. C, I'm confessing who Jesus is. T, I am giving my testimony, just like the demoniac and the woman at the well, saying what Jesus has done in my life. He takes over. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for a church that prayed for me as I was in Cuba. I thank you for those that are, are now, Lord, uh, in church, in home groups, in house groups there that got saved. Lord, I, I praise you and thank you for a church that Connie and I are a part of that, that are, it has such great teaching from, from Pastor Jimmy. Father, I pray through the Holy Spirit that you take the encouragement that was given today for us to act. The very first verse that we read in the Bible was Jesus' last words in the book of Matthew, that we should go and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to do everything that He commanded. And Lord, you'll never, ever leave us or forsake us. You are with us even to the end of the age. Convict us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.